A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, my ankle is now the size of a watermelon. This is great. <laughs> what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Martina, how are we doing? Hello there. Thank you for having me. It's an honour and or a privilege. Uh, yeah, how... it's a privilege. You know it's a privilege. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I do, to be fair. It's, it's only a privilege because I'm so lazy and <laughs> I hate doing, like, I've just gotten so lazy with doing, like, interviews and all that stuff during this pandemic. So when I do do it, I'm like, okay, let's go. It's time for this now. Well, I, th- I think we're, I think a lot of people are burned out on talking about a sport that they've not been able to do. So, that's it exactly it's kind of like uh, you have to mentally prepare yourself to be like oh yeah remember how great life used to be <laughs> <laughs> i'm genuinely delighted that, that this is one of the ones that you've done so it means a lot so thank you yeah no problem excited uh, have you decided on your tattoo yet my tattoo Hmm. yeah well i i know what it is it's the only problem is i wanted to get it in february um because it was my 10-year wrestling uh anniversary of like when I started training so I debuted in June 2011 so I'm kind of hoping things might be open and I might be able to get it then uh, just to kind of like cement the 10-year mark 
But uh, no spoilers. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, not that big deal. It's not a big deal. It's probably actually just really cringy and I probably won't tell anyone about it. But it's just like a little personal, oh, 10 years, woo. <laughs> when did you decide that you were going to get a, a, a 10 year anniversary tattoo? When was that decision made? Uh, I'd say probably around three or four years ago because I kind of knew, like if I'm still going in 10 years, I've always wanted a tattoo, but I've just been lazy about like, oh, what like uh, what actually like means something? Because I don't have any, so I don't have that like, I've got one, so now I'll get loads. And I've always wanted to do that. Uh, and I've just left it so long now. So I'm like, okay, I'll make the first one mean something. And then after that, we'll see what happens. <laughs> have you ever come close to getting a tattoo at this point? Like whether like, I like, on yeah, a night just, out or anything like that? Again, it's just pure laziness. I'm kind of like, yeah, I want a tattoo. But the effort of going in, booking, picking one, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You know what I mean? I think I've went to go get one about 50 times and I just be like, oh, I'm just going to go to the pub instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Normally people go to the tattoo place after the pub. That's yeah. normally where it kind of yeah, leads. Yeah, I could to. do it hand in hand, but you know, <laughs> I just kind of go straight to the end goal. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we are here to talk about uh, your life and times, but also we're here because we're sending you onto a desert island, Martina. <gasps> I may as I've done. pretty much been on a desert island of Ireland <laughs> yeah. for the last year, just so, stuck in my room on my own. So, kind of feels the same. <laughs> We're going to send you to basically a, a different island, but with the weather. Is, is okay? The plan. Well, that's a, that would have been much better. If somebody could have sorted <laughs> that last year. I'd have really appreciated it. <laughs> and to do so, we're going to give you three wrestling matches to watch whilst you are there, and you are going to choose the matches that you get to watch. So, what would you like your first match to be, Martina? Well, if I'm stuck with only three, I'd say my first one, I'll probably go with like something. It's like vaguely from around the time that I just probably my favorite time in wrestling. And like whenever I'm kind of burnt out on wrestling, uh, I kind of just go back and watch like Attitude Era stuff because it just reminds me of like, you're not looking at it with a wrestler mind. You're looking at it with a, oh, this is actually what I love about wrestling. Like, I'm watching it as a fan again. I'm watching it just because, like, I just love the entertainment aspect of it. Uh, and my two favourites of all time have to be Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. Uh, so their whole feud, I remember just being a kid and, like, absolutely obsessed with it. Like, I loved Stone Cold. And I don't know if that plays into the fact that I now, you know, wrestle with beer or anything, but he was just, as a kid, obviously, he was your idol and everything like that. And I just think Vince McMahon is possibly the greatest character that has ever been on um, on TV. I think he's hilarious. And it actually is what like rebirthed my love of uh, wrestling when I was a bit older. Like I fell out of it for a few years, you know, where you just didn't care. And I was with my friends and we started like talking about wrestling. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And then we went back uh, to a house and started watching like a Vince McMahon documentary and I just fell in love with wrestling instantly again and I got obsessed from there and that's like the start of my you know adult life as a wrestler and so on so I'll pick uh, Stone Cold and uh, Vince McMahon from Valentine's Day Massacre <laughs> Over 19,000 people on their feet in the pyramid for the most popular superstar in the history of the WWF
rattlesnakes don't make good corporate pets. Right. Cage is open. Referee Mike Chioda leading the boss in, and we're about set for action. The rattlesnake, Mr. McMahon, title shot at WrestleMania on the line. And look at Mr. McMahon. You know what he's doing? I know his strategy. He is psyching Stone Cold out. Uh-oh. Stone Cold trying to be patient here. McMahon making him wait. And if the boss is so confident, so arrogant about this match as he's been in recent weeks, why doesn't he just get in the cage, King, and start this thing? Uh, are you deaf? Did you not hear what I just said? His strategy, you idiot. Mr. McMahon climbing up on the cage. Austin's after him. Austin's after him. There you go. McMahon tries to battle back. Kick him, Mr. McMahon. Kick him off. McMahon again with kicks to the midsection. Austin with an elbow. McMahon is holding on by one hand. No! No! Mr. McMahon! Kill! He may be dead! Mr. McMahon fell 20 feet! McMahon fell 20 feet off the steel cage through the Spanish and out table! Look at Austin, he's smiling! Is he alive? This is the steel cage match. The if Steve Austin was to win, he'd go on to WrestleMania, and yeah. uh, the corporate ministry being banned from ringside and all that. And then Vince McMahon wins, then he goes on to WrestleMania. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the story. Now this this was a great example of Vince McMahon being one of those people that leads by example, because mm. there was nothing. There's nothing that he would do. Or that he would ask someone to do that he wouldn't be willing to do himself. And he yeah. bumps a lot in this match. And he I bleeds know, right? in this match, doesn't he? I just, I think it's more than anything with Vince. Like, it's just his absolute dedication to his character. Like, he goes one step beyond, like, ten steps beyond. He's just, he's at, like, the passion and the charisma he has, I just think is unparalleled. <laughs> I think it's amazing, like... He just gets me interested. He's hilarious. He knows when to be funny. He knows when to be evil. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. I just think he plays, I think he is the godfather of character wrestling. It, wrestling in the Attitude Era was all about characters as well. Oh, it was it? I should have been born then. I swear to God, like <laughs> I'd have been, I feel like I am like the leftover remnants of these days of the Attitude Era because I'm just determined to keep it alive in whatever scene we're in now you know what I mean and I mean it might be outdated it might not I feel like everybody loves a lot like that was when wrestling was was at its most popular so I feel like everybody especially around like our age and in and around like you know that's what people kind of loved about wrestling that's what sparked people's love of wrestling for a lot of people and stuff so it was its best time so I like to think that like well maybe what I'm doing is like a little bit of a hint of that you know what I mean I get it. With with uh, with that match, the finish I always remember, which is the the debut of the Big Show. It's Paul yeah. White's first appearance, bursting through the ring. Uh, but you, at this point, you dipped out of wrestling, as you say. So you wouldn't have been sort of entrenched in that world as much. But you would have. No. But what? So, but but was there a moment? Do you think when you watched that match? I know you watched it as part of a documentary. But was there something in that match that made you go, "Oh, I, I need to get back into this." Well, I remember like vaguely from like when I was younger and like loving it. I just don't have any like strong, strong memories because like, we used to watch it on like 
Sky One on Saturday mornings and we just get like reels and stuff like that of what was going on. So we'd only really get half of the stuff. So then when I got back into wrestling later and I got like, obviously there was so much there. I got like to really immerse myself in it all. So that's when I really kind of could pay attention to the whole like, I knew I loved it, but I could pay attention to the whole like, oh my God, the Austin McMahon feud was amazing. And like everything like Triple H and Stephanie all around that, like I'm very bad with dates and stuff like that, but it's just all jumbled in my memory. And I just think, I don't know what it was. It just kind of, it was everything about Stone Cold against McMahon, everything that it stood for that I was just like, yeah, this is, this is prime wrestling <laughs> you go from being a lapsed fan to, to to back in as a result of that vince mcmahon documentary yeah uh, but what was the moment where you went i don't now want to be a fan this is something i need to do i know you said in other interviews that there was a tna wrestling show that you went to yeah that, that sparked that is that the case well um I remember like I didn't I was mad about wrestling and I was going to like WWE house shows when they came over and stuff like that and um I didn't really know anything about like an Irish wrestling scene and then um I was in line to meet Chris Jericho to get him to sign my book <laughs> and uh, there was just somebody standing ahead of me in the queue and I got talking to him and he was like yeah, my brother's a wrestler. He's at a show right now. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what's that about? And he's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. There's like Irish shows. And he started telling me about it. And I was like, what? So I just like looked up on Facebook, like, what's this about? Blah, blah, blah. And then I saw there was like an Irish wrestling school and it wasn't too far from me either. And I was just like, oh, wow. But I was like, no way. I couldn't do it. I, uh, no way. Like I'll be a referee or something. But then I was like, I wouldn't actually do it. But then I decided to go to one of their, um, one of their shows just to see it and when I went I was like getting the fire in you and I was like I started meeting people that were involved in wrestling I was like oh I'd love to do it and then they were like okay you're doing it and I was like no no I don't no 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 and they'd be like no, no no come on so like my first class like the trainer at the time set up like a little private ring time with me and someone else just to like bump and see how I find it and then after I went to like I went to the TNA show and I met more people and I was just like oh my God, I have to do this. Like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? I was like, screw it. I'm just going to go down to training. Obviously I didn't, I kind of looked at it like, oh, maybe this would be a good way to like get fit and lose weight or whatever. Uh, but I guess like, you know, once you start the fire kind of gets ignited and here we are like 10 years later. <laughs> you you said that um, it, you wanted to go to wrestling training initially because you thought, oh, it's a good way to, to get in shape and it's something to be around in wrestlers, yeah. you know, around something I love. Do you think in the back of your mind, there was part of you that went, yeah, but I want to be a wrestler. Even in the back of your mind, do you think that thought was I re- maybe there? I remember like when I was mad, like mad into it back then, but not doing it. I couldn't comprehend how people could be wrestlers. I was like, that's amazing. There's no way. Like, like I, like I was a bit, fair bit heavier as well then, and I was like, there's. I'd never crossed my mind to do it, honestly. But I always had the want. I would. I was like, oh, I'd love to do that, but I never could. You know what I mean? It, it didn't cross my mind that I could, especially because I didn't know if there was any Irish sort of scene and then obviously when I went down to the training school and I saw like just people exactly like me down there and I was just kind of like oh well if they're all giving it a go it's a bit of fun you know get to be as you said like involve yourself in the world of wrestling but it seemed so minute then you know what I mean like it was just a small little I even found it surreal that there was even this small group of people in Ireland that loved wrestling that much to actually do a school and stuff like that because it just the concept seemed so foreign and it was more like, oh, I want to be around like people that like what I like. And like I made loads of friends through it and stuff like that. And then, you know, started seeing like the little indie shows that they had. And I started ring announcing 
after a little while. So I was like involved in it. And then like, I think within six months I'd made my debut. So it wasn't too bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Tell me something that you learned on your first day of wrestling training that surprised you. Um, That bumps really hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, uh, I remember like, I remember very well, like walking into the school and seeing the wrestling ring and being so like, oh my God, it's the wrestling ring. Oh, this is amazing. And like, I remember just even as a kid, like you used to like pretend to step through the ropes and all that. So then the first time I got to step through the ropes, I was like, this is unreal. I feel like I'm a diva. <laughs> yeah. that uh, it's actually, it's kind feeling. of embarrassing thinking about it now. But <laughs> no, it's 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 because you watch it on TV and you're putting mm. yourself in that in that world again, I think. Yeah, it's even just like a little bit of like imagination play. Like, oh, I'm stepping in the ring. I'm like Maurice or something. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you remember being particularly wonderful and supportive during your early stages in wrestling training? Some of the people that you worked with, some people um, that trained you. Oh, everyone. I'm still friends with all of them. Like uh, uh, the guy that owned main stage, Lenny, Lenny Hanna, um, and John Jennings, uh, Johnny Notaro, Lee, and Terrence, uh, Thunder and Lightning. Like they're all, not all of them are involved in wrestling still, but like, they were there kind of at the very, very beginning. And they were the ones that were kind of like, oh, come on, you should do it. You should do it. And like, I'm still friends with them all. I watched WrestleMania with a few of them and all. So they're obviously like, I was like the only girl when I started there, there was only about a group of like six of us. And I think out of that six of us, like only two or three of us still wrestle. So I think like they're all fairly proud of the fact that we came from such a small little group and you've gone on to actually do stuff in wrestling. I suppose we all just thought it was like it would never happen because we're just from this like tiny little wrestling school in like Crumlin. (laughs) And then like to think that, like if you'd said to me then like, oh, you're going to go on and go to Japan and like Australia and like get signed and do a tryout and all that kind of stuff. I'd have laughed at you because I was like, no, that's not possible. It's just such a different time then, you know? And then obviously my trainer is still my trainer to this day. Like Joe Cabray runs OTT and if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have done Martina and everything like that. So it's quite great the fact that like, from the very start of my journey i've had the same people with me all through it and they've all been helping me all the way like joe i turned to when i was doing my tryout when i was getting signed my ring of honor i just asked him everything for he prepared me for absolutely everything that i had coming up you know with obviously the rise of yourself through into ring of honor um with Becky Lynch headlining WrestleMania, becoming a global phenomenon. Have you seen an increase in 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 female people wanting in females wanting to train in Ireland? Have you seen an oh, increase? Oh yeah, in that? definitely. And it, it's been a huge success story as well because um, I was my the only girl at my school for a long time, and uh, eventually, like Katie Harvey started training down at Five Factory, so we wrestled together a lot. Uh, so we had like a huge chunk of our career together because we did like the little shows all over and stuff like that. And then we went on to start having like feuds at OTT and such a bigger scale. So it was really cool to kind of have that together. It's like, oh, we started here when it was really, really small and now it's getting really big and we're doing it together. And then like since that, there's been like Debbie Keitel, Valkyrie, you know, so on. So it's it, there's been it, it went for kind of pretty much just having two girls to having now there's like enough for a roster, you know. A small roster still, but, you know, we're hoping after COVID we might get even more and, you know, the boom happens again, you know. <laughs> is that is that a hope for running like an all-female show in Ireland? 
Well, we had all female shows. Uh, we'd obviously book a lot of uh, British and European talent in for them. But for the last like three years, OTT has started running defiant shows, which would happen like after a big like Scrapermania or after a big stadium show. So I only got to do the first one because every other time I've been in Japan for them, but they've been huge successes. They've been great. Like it just goes to show that like the little group of girls in Ireland can go on and mix it up with some of the best girls in Europe, you know? So with OTT, there's so much love for them within the industry. Like, uh, yeah. you know, we, we, we hear a lot about the, uh, the stars that come to and from there. Devastated that that big show didn't happen last year. Oh, it's uh, devastating. Because that was going to be still such a It's still such a hard knock. Like we haven't, we haven't even been able to train since the week before uh, that all went down. And I was actually gone to Vegas, so I wasn't going to be at that show. But I remember us all in training the last day before it all went down, kind of be, hit, being like, are we going to have to cancel? Are we going to have to cancel? And then like we haven't barely seen each other since, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's mad. It's a weird old, it's a weird old time. Uh, take it back to uh, yourself and Joe. And uh, you talk about how it was Joe that, that, that helped you bring out that Session Moth Martina character. I want to talk a bit yeah. about how you build that character because it is it is such a unique uh, force of nature in wrestling. And <laughs> yeah. How do you start building something like a Session Moth Martina? Well, I had been doing um, I'd been doing Kazaji for about four to five years, which was just your basic run of the mill babyface wrestler you know I didn't even I, I remember I kind of thought like it was a very different time then so I was like oh I'm a female wrestler I don't need a character I don't need anything else you know there's there's so few of us that there's always a spot in the show I'm just going to be a basic forward baby face so I got good at like crowd work and you know just doing kind of kid themed shows and getting like building your confidence through that and um, so that was great and I got to go to like I went to Germany and Belgium a few times and that was the extent of my international travel, which was amazing. Like I went to Switzerland as well, which was amazing, you know, for especially kind of just being a female wrestler, you know what I mean? There was kind of nothing to me. And uh, then as OTT began, I remember the first show, I was still Kazuji and um, it was just such a switch. It was like the Attitude Era had come back. It was a different vibe. It was older people. Everybody was wild. They were going crazy. Um, they loved the characters on the first show. They absolutely loved them. Like our crowd then was small compared to what it grew to, but it, they were such a fiery, hot, hot crowd. And they kind of were like, we knew they were going to be regulars. So then like when I kind of seen that, I was like, okay, Kazuji is not really going to cut it. Like you're seeing lads like lads from the flats and the wards and they have such great characters and the crowd love them. So then I was talking to Joe and he was like, oh, I'm thinking about putting a girl with lads from the flats if you if you want to do that. And I was like, yeah, that's brilliant. I could call myself a session mop because that's a really big term in Ireland at the time, especially is what you would just call girls that would hang out with like lads from the flats and they just go to sessions, they drink and they just want to party. And, you know, they're obsessed with cans and spice bags and so on. So the morning of that show, I just went down to like Penny's or Primark and uh, they had leopard print pajamas there. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get them and I get hoop earrings, come out with a can. And that was kind of like my basis of the thing. And I had a chat with the lads from flats. I was like, what should I call myself? And they were like, oh, we were like, oh, Martina. Like, there's always a Martina in the flats. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we'll go with that. Like, um, so yeah, we just did like a little promo video to introduce me. And it was just so fun and it was so different. And 
I felt like a lot more comfortable instantly. It was kind of like, I'm not worried about what I'm wearing or how I look or, you know what I mean? Or like how even crisp I am. It was all about like, oh, I'm going to like explore this character. I'm going to have a bit of a laugh. I'm going to do a bit of comedy. So I started like getting thrown in matches with them, mainly against the gymnasties in our early uh, in our early years. And that really kind of like taught me a lot about comedy wrestling and off the crowd and timing and stuff like that. And it just, to me, it was like a rebirth. I was like, this is so much fun. This is what I want to do. Like, I don't want to go back to just kind of, hey, wrestling, I want to do this. I want to do like fun comedy matches. It just, I felt like it just suited me better. And like, I got to kind of show my personality better like I'd always be joking and laughing and taking the piss out of myself backstage and then I'd go out to a show and be like trying to be super serious and it's just not me so then getting to bring that like jokey side into the ring was just like oh this fits so well this is so much better you know what I mean so yeah it just kind of grew from there and I think the crowd because a lot of the crowd like were kind of casual wrestling fans so they weren't like there for the flips or there for the hard hitting stuff they were kind of there for the entertainment so they ended up latching on to the character a lot and they ended up loving it because like in Ireland they'd be like oh Seshamot that's hilarious I know a girl like that so a lot of like lads that would bring their girlfriends to the show that don't like wrestling would be like oh she's hilarious I'm a Seshamot too so I really kind of started to grow in popularity from that and yeah it just kind of went from there it got popular in Ireland and then before you knew it like the UK had started to notice I started taking it then around 2017 I started taking over the UK which was great and it just hasn't ended until corona like I constantly kind of stayed where I was you know there is there is a comfort isn't there in being a character you've mentioned it there how you you're not so concerned about sort of how you look how you present yourself whether everything's crisp and perfect or not because mm. that's Martina yeah it was almost it was almost like oh if i look a mess that's martina it's okay like Mm. you know what i mean like it's actually funnier the worse i look like the more hungover i look and just kind of like yeah you wouldn't like be so hard on yourself if you like watch it back and be like oh i look ridiculous but it's like actually no that's a good thing i look ridiculous and it's funny you know what i mean so it ended up like kind of giving me a lot more confidence but in myself by not having to worry so much about how i looked and what people thought of me and stuff like that you know what I mean it was Mm. definitely the most freeing experience I've ever had and it changed it changed my life because I was like this is great it helped me like almost develop my own personality I got more confident just in every aspect of my life you know what I mean so Karen has been lifted by Martina yeah yeah pretty much like Martina is Karen they're pretty much the same like I love to drink I love to dance I love to make a film myself it's great (laughs) so I'm pretty it's pretty much Karen the session (laughs) um of all the naughties bangers you could have chose why Sandstorm? Well, because it's a naughty's banger, isn't it? It is like, a naughty's you know, banger. It is a naughty's It's what banger. you would hear at, like, if you're at a session and everybody was just up for a rave, like, it's a proper, like, oh, let's go for a rave. You want to be drunk. You want to be in bits. Like, in Ireland, I use uh, Maniac 2000 as well because it's mm. such a typical Irish banger. Like, every uh, you, any wedding you go to, you hear Maniac, everybody's up dancing. So it's just more the way to get the crowd dancing. And it's easy for me to dance to. I just want to have a rave. When we used to come out with Lads in the Flats, we'd, uh, I can't, we came out to Tiestio, and uh, I can't remember the name of the song, Daggio Strings or something, but I remember like we had this little thing, everybody was on the turnbuckles, we'd be there and we'd have these like drops and everybody in the crowd would be up waving their hands. And as soon as a beat dropped, everybody started dancing and it was honestly just people started throwing glow sticks in it was absolute magic 
Uh, was it Sandstorm that led to uh, an injury pre-death match for you? <laughs> yes, it did. That was great. Uh, it was 2018 and it was actually the night before our first Defiant show, but we had a... Yeah, we had a. I had a, my very first step match, and it was me, LJ Cleary, Joey Janela, and TK Cooper. And the following week, like within I'd say about five days, I was going to go to America for the first time. And then when I got back from America, I was going to Japan for the first time. But I was like, yeah, I want to. I'm going to be gone a little while. I want to go out on a high. So let's have a big debt match. And I remember begging Joe, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do that? He was like, whatever, just do what you want. <laughs> so I kind of had all the ideas because obviously the imports. You know they didn't know what they were coming into and i was like hi guys i've got all this stuff uh <laughs> this is what we're doing so i kind of like planned it where i was taking like all the kind of gnarly stuff um and i was ready for it and i remember before we went out to the curtain i was like oh shoot like what am i doing what am i doing i i regret i'll make all of this i don't want to do it but anyway the music hit and i went out and i was just dancing i was giving it socks and uh I rolled over my ankle <laughs> and then I was like, oh, in my head, I was just like, that's not a very good start to a debt match, is it? <laughs> Forgot about it. Like adrenaline got me through. I ended up taking like staples to the head and chairs to the head and thumbtacks and high bumps and all this stuff and true tables and everything. Didn't even notice it. Came back after and I was like, oh, my ankle is now the size of a watermelon. This is great. <laughs> uh, luckily, it went down before I had to go to America, but I was freaking out. I was like, how am I going to... I have to make my Japanese debut and my American debut with a swollen ankle. This is great. <laughs> we want to talk about both of those in a little bit, but we've got your second match to get to for your oh, DVD. No. Oh, yes. Uh, Steve Austin versus Vince McMahon was your first one, the Steel Cage match from St. Valentine's Day Massacre 1999. Uh, what would you like for your second one? Martina. I would have to say it would probably I'll say another match that like kind of changed the game for everyone in wrestling I feel like uh, Sasha and Bailey at TakeOver I want to teach every single one of these little girls that fairy tales don't have a happy ending I'm going to finally prove to the world prove to my mom who keeps coming to these championship matches and watching me lose and I'm going to prove to Sasha Banks Here comes Bailey. She's finally had it she was wrong about me, and I will defeat her. Planted! Planted! Oh, no. That's it. Submission maneuver. Big statement. Sasha Banks wants to make Bailey tap out. The fairy tale ends right here. Or does it? Bailey desperately crawling. Desperately reaching out for the bottom rope. It's a couple inches away. Bailey can just reach. So close. Oh, my goodness. happened that just was a match I'd watch over and over because it was oh wow look at this like these girls are doing 
matches that we've never seen girls do before not on tv anyway so yeah that was definitely a i just it started a whole revolution it completely changed the game for women wrestling can you remember where you were when you watched it yeah, I was in work. <laughs> I remember I was I had a job as a uh, receptionist for a courier company and uh, the office was always kind of quiet. So I remember like the next day I was sitting there watching it and work, like hoping the phone wouldn't ring. So I'd have to pause it and like go off and do some work. But I remember just kind of sitting there and working like, what am I doing in this office? This is what I want to be doing. Like, get me out now. <laughs> was that match a moment? Was that the match the moment where you went? that's where I, I need to be out of here now yeah to go yeah that was like definitely i was just kind of like this is they've just set the bar to a whole new level and yeah that, so we like i was like, everybody has to raise their game now and they did like i feel like because of that match girls started realizing like oh we don't have to just do the same old same old typical stuff what people expect from us we can actually wrestle how we want to wrestle so they started doing it and then you just you the change in wrestling from then to now is just insane there's there will always be more work to do but like you say it's the fact that now it's more everybody seems to be getting onto an even keel there's always work to do but like we've mm-hmm. just come off a of wrestlemania weekend where uh night one was headlined by uh sasha banks and bianca belair and it was done not because of, of, of any platitude it was done because of the fact well that's the match that it has the most significance on this night and they, mm-hmm. they have other designs on drew and bobby at the start that makes sense to put it at the end um yeah do you do you see a point where we have surely we're moving towards more matches more cases where the women organically headlined wrestling shows oh yes of course mm. like i feel like we're already there it's not even questioned anymore you know what i mean it's not even like it it, it shouldn't even be a surprise anymore you know the girls have kind of it's it's happening now and it's like it's not even a case of like oh my god women are headlining it's like no they deserve it they're the best match that's going that's going to be the best match on the card and it's not even a surprise to people you know they like yeah, i feel like it's just genuinely going to be the norm now i feel like a lot of it now it's like i feel like gender equality in wrestling has never been its highest do you know what i mean like a woman could be in the main event men could be in the main event both could be in the main event on an indie on a main show you know what i mean it's just it's a given now i actually genuinely feel there's no more talk of like, oh, well, the women aren't as good as the men. It's like, no, no, no. Sometimes the women are better than the men. Do you know what I mean? You're not judging wrestling based on, oh, if it's a woman or if it's a man. You're basing it solely on the fact of their wrestling and the fact that they are a wrestler, you know? A massive part of uh, of, of, of your work. Oh, are you okay? Oh, there you are. Sorry. Yeah, because are. <laughs> I thought you'd just run off. Um... Mm. I'm done now. See ya. Okay, bye. <laughs> Finished questions. Thanks. Mm. A massive part of your journey has been your have been your adventures in Japan as part of Stardom. Um, that came as a surprise to you, didn't it? Getting the call to go to Stardom. I mean, I like. Why on earth would I ever think like? Obviously, it's a dream, and I've talked to people about like, oh my god, I'd love to go to Japan. But in the back of my head, I was I was like, oh, it never happened though, because Japan is such a solid wrestling country, like the it's so hard hitting it's it's I always kind of had a very narrow view of how I thought like women's wrestling was hardcore proper proper wrestling and I never kind of thought like oh they'd never go for a character you know what I mean they want like solid solid wrestlers I mean I'm okay but I'm not you know the level of these Japanese girls so I just it never even phased me I was like 
I'd love to go, but it probably won't happen. And then um, obviously, like I had built up quite a uh, a big name in Ireland and the UK at the time. And like I'd started to like my reach had started to go to the States. Like people were tweeting about me and like companies like wanting to kind of like, oh, if you're ever over here, we'll book you kind of thing. I was like, oh, well, I'm getting like out there. My name's getting out there, which is great. But I still was like, no, nah, Japan, different world, won't happen. And I remember I was at an OTT show and uh, I was out drinking with everyone after. And I remember I kind of like looked at my phone in the bar and I saw like, oh, start and followed me. Went off, got drunk, didn't think about it again. Next day we're in the car going up north for another show. I was like, oh, check my phone. Like, and I saw my messages. I just started screaming in the car, Japan, 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 Japan. Stardom had messaged me like, hey, like we're wondering if you'd like to come over in, in March March next year, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I remember I was just, it went, it was like leaving my body. It was a different experience. I just couldn't, even still then, I was like, I don't think this is going to happen. This can't be real. This can't be real. And then just as time went towards it, I just kind of had to keep pinching myself. Like, I'm going to Japan, I'm going to Japan. Like, I'll never forget getting on the plane to go there in the first place and landing and everything. It was actually around this time, three years ago now that uh, I was first there. So yeah, it was amazing. I actually think I made my debut Three years ago today. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and started, yeah, it came up on my Facebook memories there. I was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> With that, what were your, some, what's some of the favorite moments, or sort of favorite parts of, of Japanese culture for you while you were out there? Was there stuff that you loved? Drinking. drinking. The drinking culture is amazing. And <laughs> um, just the going out for food and having drinks with people was always great. Uh, just everything, They're, how respectful they are, um, how welcoming they were. Like, they always have a laugh with you and, just their professionalism as well you know everything is it, it, it's a sport there they, it's it's serious there it's very respected there um yeah just how hard everyone works as well like you know we go to training religiously you know what i mean you're always in the dojo there's no excuses you don't not go you know what i mean so you're training hard you prepare for your matches everyone's putting their best effort in like it's just it's a wrestler's dream to go to Japan and actually live there and absorb the culture and see how you get on. Like first time I went, it was a bit of a shock. You know what I mean? It's such a different world. You're not used to it. You have your own way about things. You don't speak the language, so you're kind of scared. Like, am I doing this right? Am I not doing this right? And you've only got your like guys and friends to kind of guide you. And then like the second time, I remember before by the time I left my first tour, my last match I'd had with Natsu. And I remember kind of like nothing really felt like it was fitting. I didn't really know what was going on for the whole first tour. And then the last match I had there, I tagged with Natsu. And uh, I remember it just in my head, it was like, click, everything just fell into place. I was like, yes, this is magic. This is it. And like the promoter loved it. Everyone in the crowd loved it. I think everyone was like, yep, that's it there. Natsu and Seshamot Martina. So then I went back for Tag League the next following two years and we just gel so perfectly. So she's without a doubt my favorite part of Japan. <laughs> Can you attribute what it was that, that made that click? Just, I guess, like Nats, Natsu has, uh, she has so much charisma and she has such a way with the crowd. Like, I don't know what she's saying to them in Japanese, but it's hilarious. And she's a bit of a wild spirit. So when you put my wild spirit next to her wild spirit, it just complemented each other. So like she played off me really well and my character and she started to like adopt bits of my character. So then when we went for back for Tagli, she started wearing leopard print and she'd come out with a can and she was all about that party lifestyle. And we started like dancing and stuff. She was just fantastic. Like she adapted so well, like she made it so comfortable for me 
to try and like get my character across through her you know what I mean it was great to, it was almost like having a Japanese translator there for my character and it just worked so well it was like having a wingman yeah it was it was great like we ended up actually we were really good friends like she's probably my best friend out of the Japanese girls like we'd go out drinking together and she's just an absolute sweetheart and hopefully hopefully like when travel opens up again she can come to Ireland and UK and like get to experience because she was meant to come like last year and I was couldn't wait I was like oh we're gonna have a bit of a tour you know bring the queens of campi around so hopefully that happens because I I think like this side of the world if they don't know her they'll absolutely love her they'll just see what I see in her and be like she is a star if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Martina! And Brian, I mean, this, I didn't know this type of, you like rock and roll, we've talked about it. I mean, but you're dancing with this music a little bit, you're, you're grooving. You know, let's, let's, get, let's get to the important stuff. She may have stolen my beer. She did. The beer, she had stolen, not a misunderstanding, but she's very talented <laughs> in the ring. She certainly is. Don't let this I mean, fool you. I mean, she's competed with her friends in stardom, and she's competed all over the UK. She has a great win-loss record in the UK, in stardom, and we're so happy she's exclusive here in the United States to Ring of Honor. And, and Brian, you are not, you are not only blushing, but you I'm can't wait. I don't know if we can get a shot of this after sweaty. we see Martina here. I've never seen this guy like kidding me right now. He's I mean, blushing, he's red. You're the same color as your face. I mean, Guys, stop encouraging this. I'm not encouraging. Okay. I'm, I'm a visualist. I have to be able to audibly explain what's going on here. And they can visually see it. 
Well, we're going to take a look at the tail of the table as we take a look at Martina Session Moth falling down. Does she know she's in this match there? It's one of those things where it felt like all the buses came along at the same time because mm. you had calls from Ring of Honor, you had calls from WWE, um, mm. and, and we, we're now seeing you in Ring of Honor. Not as much as we'd hoped as we'd hoped by now, but in time, it's it's going to be a thing. Um, before we get to Ring of Honor, I want to talk about um, your WWE tryout. So, like they with NXT UK being being a thing now. Uh, they're certainly grabbing a lot more people in, but talk to us how that whole process worked for you. Um, I was um, I was in Australia. I remember, uh, so like 2019 was probably my most successful year I've ever had, like, which I thought was shocking because I thought 2017 couldn't be beat. And then 2018, I went to America for the first time in Japan. And then 2019, I don't know why, it just kind of exploded all over again. Like I had an amazing mania week. I feel like that got a lot of eyes on me that year. Like the first year I went, it was a great introduction, but people kind of were like, oh, now we know who she is. So by the following year, I went from having like three bookings the first year to having nine bookings the next year. You know, people were excited to see me. It was their first chance to see me again in America. I ended up getting to go to Shimmer and rise within that and got like a booking in uh, Ohio. It's like a lot of American companies at that point had heard of me and were like, oh, well, if she's over, we'll get her for this and join it up with this. So it ended up being like a fantastic tour. And I feel like I just got my name really, really out there. So I think like that's what kind of maybe got like WWE eyes on me and Ring of Honor eyes on me and stuff. And then a couple of weeks later, I was going to Australia as well, which was mind blowing because I don't think anyone from Ireland has wrestled in Australia. So, and then when I was in Australia, I met some like people that worked for New Japan and uh, obviously talking about stardom and stuff like that. And they kind of got me in touch with Ring of Honor. But I remember thinking like, this is just, you know, oh, this is just a cool little introduction email, but I didn't really think anything would come from it. Then I was leaving Australia um, I got an email about the all women's uh, tryout and I was like, oh, wow. And then I knew like a few of the girls that had had it. And I was like, OK, well, I'm just going to. It was kind of like, I don't know. I, I Again, it was another case kind of like with Japan. I never pictured myself in WWE. I always had it down to like, I am what I am. I am this character that is not PG. It is beer drinking filthy flirty you know kind of everything attitude era that they just don't do anymore like it's inspired by wwe wwf but they're just they're, that's not what they do anymore and i had completely understood that and accepted it i mean obviously a little bit of you in your heart you're always like oh i wish one day i could end up in wwe but i have decided to do this character now it's working for me so i kind of resigned myself to the fact that i would probably never go to wwe Mm. So then when I got the email, I was, what? This is surreal. Oh, my God, this is shocking. But I was like, okay, I mean, they may still not want me. They may just want to have a look and see what they think, you know. But I resigned myself to kind of being like, okay, don't no hopes up or anything like that, but I'm going to go and train hard and try have the best showing of myself. Um. Yeah, so and then I went and it was it was an amazing experience. Uh, yeah, like I, I ended up getting asked to stay for a training week and kind of see how they do things down in with the with the roster and stuff like that. And obviously, a lot of my friends worked there, so I was very comfortable there. Like I had I had a really really good time, but it was just kind of a case of like I don't know if I necessarily belong here, you know. 
it's not for everybody. That sort of yeah, style I mean, of and course, pace isn't for course, everybody. Yeah, but again, it was just kind of the same thing as Japan, where it's like, I don't know if this is what they want from me um, or if it is what they would want. And like, it, can I do it their way? You know what I mean? Will it work? Will it not? And again, of course, the dream, like, I can't honestly say that, like, I don't sometimes think like, oh, if I went there, what would have happened? You know, and I part of me still would really love to, you know, uh, it's just kind of the case. I feel like at the time I was starting to really, really kind of kick off again in the UK and Europe and stuff like that. And I felt like I was really kind of right where I wanted to be with Sashima as a character. I was starting to have better matches, like better quality matches, but still staying true to my character. You know what I mean? Still having fun with the comedy. I was starting to like have really a lot of fun doing debt matches or just random matches, intergender matches. I could wrestle anywhere I wanted. I could go to the States, I could go to Australia, I could go to Japan. I was at a point at that time where I was just really enjoying, you know, just a bit of freedom and seeing. I wasn't ready to like kind of change Martina if needed because I knew I was, I have to change Martina if I want to go here. And I just, I just didn't feel it was the right time to do that yet. I felt there was still a bit of life left in the beer drinking, filthy, flirty girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because I, because I would have said that had been. I think that was the front of a lot of people's minds when there was rumblings of you getting a tryout in WWE. Yeah. Because it'd be like, I don't know, I don't know whether I don't know whether we want sort of Session Moth Martina light. Which might, yeah, with, yeah. Whether that's for, for good or for bad, that kind of would have been where we'd have gone. We kind of know. Yeah, and I wouldn't ever rule works. it out because like Oh no, not at you all. You know, there's progression in wrestling all the time. Like people need to change it up, people need mm. to expand and grow and everything like that. I just felt like in two thousand nineteen, at that time, I wasn't done yet and I'm still not done. You know, I've had a year break, like nothing's changed. And if anything, I feel like post pandemic, there is going to be an even bigger want for a little bit of fun. You know, like everything's been so serious the last year. It's been quite sad. Everyone's just sitting watching it at home and stuff like that. I feel like that party atmosphere post pandemic is going to be sorely needed. You know, just that little blowing off steam, have a laugh, have a bit of fun, get up for a dance during an entrance, you know, just laughing. Cause I mean, I have been miserable this last year, so I can't wait to get out there and just have comedy matches and laugh and joke and dance and do everything that we've missed so much. So that's why I still to this day feel like I made the right decision. Cause I'm so, if anything, I'm more eager to be more Martina when I get back. <laughs> Cause Ring of Honor are, are embracing every inch of, of Session Moth Martina. And that was, yeah, like, that so was a big deciding I, factor, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just kind of like, there was like obviously two amazing offers and I mean, mind blowing. So to this day, I still can't believe like, what the hell? Like I'm sitting in this room in Ireland, like just being like, how the hell did you get offers from these two of the biggest companies in the world? Like, it's just shocking. Uh, I still have to pinch myself. Um, but both of them had amazing kind of paths ahead of me. And it was just about, again, it was purely just about like, I just want to kind of, figure out more with the wild side of Martina before kind of taming it down. So then with Ring of Honor, the kind of choices was like, okay, well, you can stay in Ireland and you can still do indies all everywhere else, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, that's great, you know, and you can like pretty much just be yourself. And they had like Beer City Bruisers there and stuff like that. So they were like encouraging the whole beer 
and like wild kind of funny they wanted they wanted a comedy character you know what I mean that's what they kind of said they knew what they were getting with me and they wanted it you know so it was kind of like I complete control over what I who I wanted to be and stuff like that and I could still do everything I wanted on the outside so and obviously getting to like travel America and like meet all these new people and get to go to all these states and like obviously none of that happened yet but like I met amazing people from the few times I was there they're so so good like they've been so supportive through this whole pandemic and like they're so eager to get us back like there's a women's tournament coming up and we just have our fingers and toes crossed that everything can kind of go ahead as planned so yeah I still am very very like they've been amazing I couldn't be happier with my decision and you said there before we started that uh, you were up late doing some stuff with Ring of Honor. They've really yeah. kept you. You've it, it's it's something it's something special to the fact that you've wrestled so limit so little with them so far, uh, out of your control. But you've been voted uh, female wrestler of the year. Wrestler of the year. I know that's amazing. <laughs> like, that just kind of says to me like that makes me feel so appreciated. You know what I mean? It makes me just feel like oh like I win women's wrestler of the year and I've only had like two matches but like that just means my online presence for them has been noted and appreciated you know what I mean like we've just done stuff like zoom calls with fans we do like a Dungeons and Dragons uh, YouTube thing we're just trying to put out content for people especially like I know America's a bit better in the pandemic now like more things are open but here in Ireland we're pretty much still in lockdown and there's like no sign of it like changing for a while so like we're just trying to create stuff for people just to stay involved and stay relevant so getting to see people on the zoom call last night was amazing and uh yeah it's been great like just kind of little things just to keep ourselves involved you know what I mean but I like to think that like it's just it's all just a big build for when I finally get to go back there Absolutely. You, you've kept a lot of people sane with putting stuff out online. What sort of things have kept you sane during lockdown? Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've really stayed sane during it. Oh, uh, I'm not going to lie and say it's been easy. It definitely mm. hasn't. Um, I kind of disassoci- disassociated from wrestling quite a bit the last few months. I'm kind of coming out of it now because I feel like I'm starting to get good news again, like getting news of that women's tournament, getting news of like poss- a new, we have a new wrestling school opening up whenever we're allowed. So it's there for me. Um, you know, kind of like little bits of hope about like uh, restrictions lifting and seeing shows over in England, like whether I get to go or not, like that I, I still don't have full faith, but hoping that I get to do a few shows in England in the coming months. Just the idea that we might actually be on the final stretch now I've kind of been able to open up again and watch wrestling again, but I really did have to, I kind of stopped tweeting as much and just stayed off my phone because it was just getting, it was very hard sitting and even watching everyone in NXT UK wrestling and doing tapings. And I've sat at my home for a year, kind of just waiting and waiting even for a wrestling skill so I could train. So I really had to take a step back from wrestling. But uh, in that kind of, in a way, I kind of feel like that was a bit of a blessing at the same time. Mm. Because I feel like if I'd kind of been too focused on wrestling this entire time, I would have got burnt out and resentful and it could have put me off completely. Um, so I feel like I had a bit of a break. I got to feel like I started playing games a lot more, like I became a big gamer in the last couple of months, which has been great. Uh, just kind of getting out there and kind of be living a bit of a real life again. Like I'm doing a bit of um, training for another side 
side thing I can't mention yet, but uh, I started doing that in the last couple of couple of weeks. So it's another little venture. It's kind of like wrestling. So it's yeah, it's kind of I've, it's opened up other little roads and passes to my to my life. So I'm grateful for them things. But I, it lasts a while. I'm very eager to get back to wrestling. Can you mention what games you've been playing? Oh my god, uh, Uncharted, the Uncharted series. Last, I'm playing Last of Us Two at the moment because I took a break for a while, but I played Last of Us One, played God of War, Resident Evil Three, Resident Evil Seven. Oh, there's a live stream for Resident Evil Eight today as well. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm a nerd now. <laughs> yeah, I played loads, but uh, I'm gonna play Red Dead Redemption because I kind of am like, oh, oh no, uh, everyone says that like it's like a hundred hours of gameplay. So like, if we're getting near the end of this pandemic, I won't have time to play it. <laughs> <laughs> It's a so deep gonna, game. Gonna, you go very yeah, deep on it. Yeah, so I'm going to finish Last of Us 2 and then jump right into Red Dead Redemption and try ride out the rest of this. <laughs> and like, hopefully by the time I finish it, I'll be wrestling again. <laughs> oh, so third match for your DVD. I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to pick a match I actually only watched last night because, as I said, I've been very disassociated from wrestling for a long time. And obviously I watched Mania. Mania I thought was amazing. But this match kind of shook me. It kind of reawoke that kind of feeling of god i can't wait to get back training god i actually want to watch wrestling again like this is going to be great i really 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 can't wait to get to ring back to ring of honor so like last night they aired uh ring of honor's 500th episode and the main event of it was jay and mark briscoe wrestling each other now usually i wouldn't really pick a match during the pandemic time with no crowd etc but i'm just going to pick this for the fact that it really kind of i was like wow this is this is some good wrestling and it got me excited to wrestle again so it'll probably be a match i'll always remember for that fact that it kind of reawoke me so i'll pick mark versus jay briscoe from ring of honors 500th episode that just aired code of honor adhered to they've had their differences but they are back in the tag team division in their history jay has the advantage the older brother always seems to have the advantage Four in one in Ring of Honor ring. Nobody in this company knows Jay Briscoe as well as Mark Briscoe, who's proven that he can beat him if given the right circumstances. And look at that. And we have been on your Sinclair affiliates for 500 episodes. Here's the 500 more as he shoots him off the rope, shoulder tackle, sending Mark Briscoe down. Nice drop down, almost catches Jay Briscoe. Around they go. Nobody home. Mark Briscoe Ooh. follows him with a knee. Yep. Wow! <laughs> Frankensteiner gets the kick out of the way, back fist, back chop, misses. You think these two know each other a little bit? There is uh, something about wrestling in the in these situations where it is either, if it's not on a sound stage in front of a screen of webcams, it's mm. in a very echoey room. Uh, have you had... To, to you be know... honest now, I actually think Ring of like with the Ring of Honor wrestling that I have watched, it's I don't even feel like it's that much of a detriment to them. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas it kind of it, it it did feel weird with other promotions, but in a way, I feel like Ring of Honor, because their stuff, what they have been showing, it's been based on the pure pure wrestling and the pure title and everything. That's been their main focus since the pandemic. And I actually kind of feel like the empty arena kind of complements it mm. because it it is such technical wrestling. It's grappling. It's this, that, and the other. So it's kind of even them kind of matches where crowds wouldn't even be too. They wouldn't be like ah, anyway. You know what I mean? So it's it's a kind of an era where you can really, really, really focus on the wrestling. So yeah, with Ring of Honor, I actually kind of find like it doesn't bother me that as much as like watching other wrestling had with no crowd. I actually kind of feel like it 
it kind of it kind of works obviously i can't wait till there's a crowd again but i feel like they've actually just kind of made it work because it suits ring of honor style i think with um i have to excuse my cat's just turned up to say hello so, <laughs> uh, he's come hello. to watch the interview pablo hello pablo um he um so yeah i agree with what you're saying actually because like the briscoe ec3 match that we had from the anniversary show like, yeah. That was so gritty. Yeah, it was you, amazing. You didn't need kind of that pandering to the crowd and, and shots yeah. to the crowd because you were just invested in the story, a very intimate story that they were telling. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they just kind of Ring of Honor just has a way about it where it is like it is known as like it's like the best wrestling on the planet. It's not really. Mm. That's why I kind of figured like, why do they want me? They're such a wrestling-based uh, company. But they, I think they wanted to branch out into a bit more characters in this. Like, they have Danhausen now, who's probably one of the most over characters on the internet. Like, he's amazing. Uh, so it is great that they are starting to be like, okay, we're going to actually, like, you know, we want characters. We want a bit of, we want a bit of, like, spice with this and everything. But what they're doing right now, I just, I feel like these wrestlers are so, they're so, like, they were even saying last night, like, Jay Lethal's been wrestling like 20 years like the Briscoes there since the start like they're so fine-tuned at what they're doing that like they don't even need the crowd anymore they are so good at portraying the emotions within themselves you know mm. and they need you back there in 2021 that's what they yes need. they will I guarantee you even if I have to swim I am going <laughs> to get it over and win that women's belt like I feel like I feel like I did like I should get that belt just for my patience. Just I've been sitting in my room <laughs> for over a year now, looking at it online, watching everybody else going ahead and getting to wrestle again, like whether it be like WWE, AEW, NXT UK, Ring of Honor, everybody else seems to have gotten back to wrestling. And I'm just here like, why not me? Why is Ireland the slowest with the restrictions? And like, oh, this is just, just my look. So I feel like after my virtuous patience, I should be rewarded by, you know, wrestling more than anybody else in the world. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think you should. Wins. I think yeah. you should. I think you should. And where Hopefully. can people go uh, to watch this? This this no doubt around the corner rise back to prominence. Well, it'll be on Honor Club uh, all over American TV. I don't know what channels myself because I'm not American. <laughs> but yeah, and everything goes up on the Ring of Honor website. So obviously I will be tweeting like a maniac if I do get to return. So we'll look forward to it. So stay tuned. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> 